Loving Father in heaven, we thank you so much for being so good to us. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies which we daily partake of. We thank you, Father, for your goodness bestowed upon us in the food we eat, the water we drink, the protection and guidance that we receive from you. We thank you, Lord, for the spiritual blessings that you give to us. Blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. In gratitude to you, Lord, we desire to live a life that is in harmony with your will and to bring glory to your name. Of our own strength, we cannot do this. Please grant to us grace and power by your Spirit that we may be able to bring glory to your name by the lives that we live on this earth. That as we go through the words of our devotion, you will grant to us understanding of your word and that you would help us, Lord, to be edified and strengthened. Put your words in my mouth, Lord, because I cannot say nothing that would help anyone. So please, Lord, consecrate me to your service and sanctify my lips that your words may proceed from it to be a blessing to all who listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, August 2 He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 God had bidden Elijah anoint another to be prophet in his stead. Elisha the son of Shaphat, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room? He had said, and in obedience to the command, Elijah went to find Elisha. Elisha's father was a wealthy farmer, a man whose household were among the number that in a time of almost universal apostasy had not bowed the knee to Baal. Theirs was a home where God was honored and where allegiance to the faith of ancient Israel was the rule of daily life. In such surroundings, the early years of Elisha were passed. In the quietude of country life, under the teaching of God and nature, and the discipline of useful work, he received the training in habits of simplicity and obedience to his parents and to God that helped to fit him for the high position he was afterward to occupy. The prophetic call came to Elisha while with his father's servants he was plowing in the field. He had taken up the work that lay nearest. He possessed both the capabilities of a leader among men and the meekness of one who is ready to serve. Of a quiet and gentle spirit, he was nevertheless energetic and steadfast. Integrity fidelity and the love and fear of God were his, and in the humble round of daily toil, he gained strength of purpose and nobleness of character, constantly increasing in grace and knowledge. While cooperating with his father in the home life duties, he was learning to cooperate with God. By faithfulness in little things, Elisha was preparing for weightier trusts. 
day by day, through practical experience, he gained a fitness for a broader, higher work. None can know what may be God's purpose in his discipline, but all may be certain that faithfulness in little things is the evidence of fitness for greater responsibilities. Every act of life is a revelation of character, and he only who in small duties proves himself a workman that needed not to be ashamed can be honored by God with higher service. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Work Lying Nearest. We have been looking at the life of Elijah. We went into the life of Jehoshaphat who was a contemporary of Ahab. And while idolatry was rife in Israel, in the northern kingdom, in the south, there was a man called Jehoshaphat who was not an idolater and he was following after the Lord. Meanwhile, the prophet of the Lord, Elijah, was still being used by God to make things and set things straight in Israel. Having met the Lord in the Mount Carmel, he was instructed to go and train someone, anoint him, Elisha, to be the one that will be Elijah's successor. Reading from 1 Kings chapter 19, from verse 14, it says, This is where the Lord uh, was speaking to Elijah. And Elijah responded to the Lord and said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi shall thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel Meholah shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass, that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Verse 19 says, Elijah went from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve pairs of oxen. He was near the twelfth pair. Elijah passed by him and threw his robe over him. Amen. So here it is that Elisha was found by Elijah and how Elijah found him is what we are going to learn about today. And that's why the title of our devotion is The Work Lying Nearest. Elisha was apparently from a wealthy family and was overseeing his father's business. He's not found idly observing and supervising those who are working, but as a servant leader, he is found plowing with 12 pairs of oxen and was near the 12th pair. He was a busy man in the obscurity of his father's field and was content to be doing such a work. He was happy to be busy in this work. Elijah found him not in the schools of the prophets, but in the field, not reading, not praying, not making sacrifices unto the Lord, but Elisha was found plowing in the field with twelve pairs of oxen. He was doing the work that was near to him, and he was doing it fitfully and 
well. Idleness is no man's honor, nor is farm work or husbandry any man's disgrace. Being engaged in an honest calling and a humble occupation in the world does not at all put us out of the way of our heavenly calling any more than it did Elisha who was taken from following the plow to feed Israel and to sow the seed of the word as the apostles were taken from fishing to the work of discipleship and catching men. Here it is that Elisha, like I just said, was plowing. One would expect that the person who the Lord would select to replace Elijah would be among the the prophets in the schools of the prophets, but that was not so. The Lord selected a man who was by occupation, a farmer, that's what he was. What was the qualification for for Elisha? He was not an idle man. He was one who was always working. Like I said, idleness is nobody's honor, nor is famine a disgrace to anyone who is doing it. And that is what I, uh, Elisha was doing. The Bible says in the book of Luke 16 verse 10, which is our key text, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in much. And make no mistake, the work of a prophet is much. And you would consider the work of famine as something that is least. And if one must take up the responsibility that is much, we must be found faithful in that which is least. Elisha, what qualified him here was that he was doing the work that lay nearest. He was being faithful in that which is least. What are the examples of little things that are around us? Well, we'll talk about that. But what we read concerning Elisha in Conflicts and Courage, page 220, paragraph 4, it says, While cooperating with his father, in the home life duties, he was learning to cooperate with God. By faithfulness in little things, Elisha was preparing for weightier trusts. Day by day, through practical experience, he gained a fitness for a broader, higher work. None can know what may be God's purpose in his discipline, but all may be certain that faithfulness in little things is the evidence of fitness for greater responsibilities. Every act of life is a revelation of character, and he only who in small duties proves himself a workman that needed not to be ashamed can be honored by God with higher service. Amen. End of quote. What can I say more to make this clear to us? Doing the work that lies nearest is a test for us to see whether we can handle greater responsibilities. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. So, what is the whatsoever here? Of course, in context, it is not referring to evil things. It is referring to any honest business that is honorable like i just said even farming is not in any man's disgrace it's an honorable work examples of things like this includes the cooking of food in the home because you see that elisha was faithful in home duties the cooking of the food the dressing of your bed the washing of your clothes sweeping the room 
any other work at all that may not bring you to notice or prominence, no matter how little they are, being a nanny and taking care of the little children, doing that work faithfully, being a teacher in a small school or big, whichever case it is, all these works done faithfully are preparing us for greater responsibilities. These can be considered little things, but what matters is the manner in which these little things are performed because that is what determines whether we are prepared or capable of handling greater, handling greater responsibilities. It has always been the case that those whom the Lord would select to handle great responsibilities are trained by Him in smaller responsibilities and the manner in which these responsibilities are handled determine how prepared we will be for the greater ones. You see, in the book of Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, there's something that is said there. It goes this way. It says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vines have tender grapes. When you look at the farm work there, it says, There are little foxes that spoil the vine. I would say, not just foxes now. When you have a farm, you have things like little things like snails and some other insects that spoil the vine. That is just to show you how big little things can be. For the, the power of little things is great. If we neglect the little things in our character that needs to be cultivated, things like patience, thoughtfulness, kindness, perseverance, these are the things necessary for the work that Elisha was doing because there is no husbandman, no farmer that will not patiently wait for that which he has sown to bring forth fruit. And there is no farmer that will not persevere and work hard so that they can get the results of their labor. These little things are the things that give us the character that is needed for greater responsibilities. Reading from this day with God. Okay. So now, what does it mean to be faithful in little things? It means that we don't determine how much of our skill, mind, strength and dedication we put into it based on the money coming out of it, based on the perceived importance and value that is placed on that work. I hope what I said is clear. Let me say it in another way. To be faithful in little things means that we put all our strength and our mind and our skill and might into what we do without considering how much we are paid for that thing of, or checking in our minds the level of importance to be attached to that thing. To be faithful in little things means that you treat little things with the same importance that you treat great things. And having given it that kind of mind that, okay, this is just as important as that which I consider to be great, then you put in all your effort as though you are doing a great work. And also, it means that you don't judge your work based on how much you are paid for it, but you put your best into it regardless of how much remuneration you get from that work. That is what it means to be faithful in little things. And this is how a Christian should behave. Reading from This Day with God, page 161, it says, The real Christian is a servant of Christ. His work for Christ must be thoroughly well done. Do you get that? This is what it means to be faithful. Thoroughly well done. Nothing must come in to divert his mind from his work. By the way, what kind of work are we referring to here? His work for Christ. It's not referring to just preaching the gospel. 
is referring to everything. It refers to dressing your bed, cooking your food, sweeping your room, sweeping the compound. It refers to the teaching work you are doing, whether you are a mechanic, a nurse, a doctor, whether you are a lawyer, whether you are a person who, who does work on the computer. You are working for God in all these things and you must do your work thoroughly and well. That is what it means to be faithful in little things. I continue to read and it says, other matters can have proper attention and yet be held subordinate but christ's service requires the whole man the heart the mind the soul the strength he will not accept a divided heart he expects us to do our best and nothing fitfully done for him is insignificant in his sight every man is required to do the work assigned him of god we should be willing to render small services doing the things that are to be done which someone must do improving the little opportunities if these are the only opportunities we should still work faithfully he who wastes hours days and weeks because he is unwilling to do the work at hand humble though it may be will be caused to render an account to god for his misspent time if he feels that he can afford to do nothing because he cannot obtain obtain the desired wages let him stop and think that that day that one day is the lord's he is the lord's servant he is not to waste his time let him think i will spend that time in doing something and will give all i earn to advance the work of god i will not be counted a do nothing when a man loves god supremely and his neighbor as himself he will not stop to inquire whether that which he can do is bringing in much or little. He will do the work and accept the wages offered. He will not set the example of refusing a job. Wow, this is high standard here. He will not set the example of refusing a job because he cannot count upon as large wages as he thinks he should have. End of quote. Wow, this is striking at the heart of so many who have gone to the schools of the world and have graduated. Many are lying idly in their houses because they feel that they are too big for the jobs that are given to them and that the wages is too small for them. They would rather stay at home doing nothing, watching movies, watching series, many of the series, or just wasting the time, spending it wrongly because they feel that I cannot take up this job. The wages are too small for me. The job is too, is too so beneath me. But this is not how a Christian reasons. We as Christians are to do the work that lies nearest. Regardless of your qualification, whether you are a master's degree holder, a PhD holder, BSc, high school graduate, don't raise yourself so high that you feel that there are certain works that are beneath you. We have to learn to do the work that lies nearest, regardless of the wages that comes out of it, or regardless of the qualification that we have. I know that this is sounding really strange for us who have been entrenched in the world. For that purpose, I will take that reading, some part of it, very... I'll take it again. It says, Every man is to do the work that, assigned him, that is assigned him of God. We should be willing to render small services doing the things that are to be done which someone must do, improving the little opportunities. If these are the only opportunities, we should still work faithfully. 
he who wastes hours, days and weeks because he is unwilling to do the work at hand, humble though it may be, will be called to render an account for his misspent time. If he feels that he can afford to do nothing because he cannot obtain the desired wages, let him stop and think that the day, that, that day, that day that is misspent, that one day is the Lord's, he is the Lord's servant, he is not to waste his time. Let him think. I will spend that time in doing something and will give all I earn to advance the work of God. I will not be counted to do nothing. Now, something else we can say from here is improve yourself instead of wasting time doing nothing. Keep studying to improve your skills, learn things, but you cannot keep, keep on to improve your The more you improve your skills, the more you'll be saying, oh, I, have to, I know too much. You cannot be paying me this little money. You understand? You have to ensure that you are working also. Find something to do so that you can have something to earn and so that you can bless the work of the Lord also. So, talking about doing a work faithfully, how can we talk about that? Because what I just read now talks about taking up the responsibility in the first place. There are some who will take up the responsibility and will continue to compare their qualifications with the responsibility. I studied this course. How can I be teaching? How can I be doing this? And they keep grumbling. And because of that grumbling, they will not do the work faithfully. What we are studying today is not just about doing taking up the responsibility because that's the only opportunity. Because many people, at the end of the day, they take up opportunities because they have no other choice. They have to survive. But then, when they take up that opportunity, they don't do the work faithfully and do it thoroughly and do it well. Remember what we read at the first in um, This Day with God, page 161, paragraph 2. It says, the real Christian is a servant of Christ. His work for Christ must be thoroughly well done. We are not to be grumbling and complaining when we take up the responsibility and the only opportunity that is around us. I have seen people, graduates, maybe from engineering, some have their masters and the opportunities are not there for them that they think is worthy of their qualification. They think, oh, I should be earning this particular amount and this kind of job. For them, for some, it's mostly about the money. For others, it's still about the job. But the responsibility is not there. The, the opportunity is not there. The only ones that are there are paying them very small money. They have no choice and they take up the job. But when they take it up, they start to do the work shabbily, complaining, angry. Some of them take up the work of teaching. And then they become so angry with the children that are teaching that they vent their frustration on the children. You are not doing your work faithfully is that, if that is what you are doing. And then there are others too who take up other kinds of jobs and being offended with the fact that they are not earning what they ought to earn in, in their minds, they do the work shabbily. Let me tell you, if you are doing like that, if that's what you are doing, you are just failing in your tests. The Lord cannot grieve, give you greater responsibilities because you will not take handle it faithfully. Be, those little responsibilities that you are looking down on and because you think that they are not paying you up to what you ought to be paid, then you don't put in your mind, strength, your whole energy into that work because you are looking at the money shows that you cannot be trusted with greater responsibilities. We must understand that doing the work that lies nearest, humble though it may be, doing that work thoroughly, faithfully, that is what qualifies us for greater responsibilities. The Lord is watching how you are doing that work, how you are teaching those children, the skill you are putting into it, the energy you are putting into it. The Lord is seeing it and He is valuing you and checking you whether you are qualified to handle greater responsibilities, whether you are fit for the work that he's preparing for you. 
and we must pass the test and do the work faithfully. And then, apart from the responsibilities and occupations for those who are graduates, there is still the one for young people, like we talked about earlier. The work that lies nearest may not necessarily have to be about occupations that where we earn wages. The home duties, like uh, Elisha was performing his home duties faithfully, that's another thing we are talking about here. The dressing of the bed, the cooking of the food, the cleaning of the house, the washing of the toilet, all those things, the washing of the clothes, how do you do them? These are the things that the Lord is watching. Angels are taking a record of your capabilities and your strengths. And if you do your work faithfully, the Lord is watching you. You may be on your own just doing that work and then Elijah will come to meet you and the Lord will call you out of that humble duty to a greater responsibility. Why? Because you have been faithful in that which is least. We must learn to be faithful in that which is least. Reading from Youth Instructor of 1897 of January 28, 1897. I'll be starting from paragraph 7. I just want to read something of what we should not do in home duties. Young and old, this is a lesson for us. It says, It is the duty of all to observe strict rules in their habits of life. This is for your own good, dear youth, both physically and morally. When you rise in the morning, take into consideration, as far as possible, the work you must accomplish during the day. If necessary, have a small book which to jot down the things that need to be done and set yourself a time in which to do your work. If it is the work of the bedrooms, see that the rooms have proper airing, that the bed clothes are separated and that the entire room is freshened with air and sunshine. Allow yourself a certain time in which to perform this work. Do not sit down while it is yet unfinished to read any paper or book that may interest you, but say, I must do this work in the given time. Let me pause. You see, what was just said here is something that affects us when we are working from home, for example. There's so much to distract us. You have your phone, so many things you see around you that may take your attention. Be careful not to allow yourself to be distracted while you are working. Set the time for a particular task, reasonable time, and try your best to see how that work can be finished within the time set for it. That is self-discipline. Nobody may be monitoring you, but be a monitor, a supervisor of yourself. Write down all your tasks for a day and be reasonable about it and set a time for every one of those tasks. And having set that time, put yourself to work to see how you will do complete your task within the time but don't be distracted like we just said now picking up the phone is a way to be distracted getting to pick up a paper to read is a way you can be distracted let me continue the reading now it says these are little duties remember and i were reading about how to faithfully perform those works that lie nearest the little duties it says your room may contain many little ornaments placed there for admiration but if you would have an eye single to the glory of God, you would do well to pack away these little idols. In handling, dusting and replacing them, many precious moments are spent that might be employed in needful work. But if, if these trinkets are not to be stored away, then you have another lesson to learn. Be expeditious. Do not dreamily take up every article and keep it in your hand as though loath to lay it down. 
it is the duty of those who are slow in their movements to improve in this respect. The Lord has said, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. In preparing the meals, make your calculations, giving yourself all the time that you know by experience you will require in order to cook the food thoroughly and place it upon the table at the proper time. But it is better to be ready five minutes before the time than to be five minutes late. In washing dishes also, the work may be done with dispatch and yet with care and thoroughness. Slow dilatory habits make much work out of very little. But if you will, you may overcome these fuzzy lingering habits. The exercise of the willpower will make the hands move deftly. And going to paragraph 13, we are told, Great truth can be brought into little things. Practical religion must be carried into the lowly duties of life. And in the performance of these duties, you are forming characters that will stand the test of the judgment. Then, in whatever position you may be placed, whatever your duties may be, do them nobly and faithfully, realizing that all heaven is beholding your work." End of quote. So, what we just read gave us tips on how to perform our work faithfully. Time management, also we are told uh, how to do project management because that's exactly what we read now. And we should start project management from the home. Every duty, by experience, we are to know this is how much it takes to do this work and ensure that you give it enough time so that you are doing it at the right times. Not, not, that, not just that your work is, timely, uh, is done uh, well, but it's also done in a timely way. That is, it should be done when the work is relevant. To finish your work after it is no longer needed means that it is irrelevant to whoever that work was supposed to be for. The work must be done in a timely fashion. That is, it must be it must be completed at the time before the time when it is needed, so that it is relevant. Reading from Faith and Works, page forty-seven, paragraph three, we are told, "We are workers together with God. You are not to sit in indolence, waiting for some great occasion in order to do a great work for the Master. You are not to neglect the duty that lies directly in your path, but you are to improve the little opportunities that open around you." End of quote. So here it is that we are learning that if we must take up great responsibilities, we must do the work that lies nearest because it is a training for us. One person who received such a training was Moses. Moses was doing the work of a shepherd in Jethro's uh, house, of the house in the land of the Midianites. And in doing this work for 40 years, the Lord was training him for a great responsibility. There are many of us who want to take up great responsibilities, but the Lord would have us understand that we need to be trained. The Lord has never picked anyone to do these great works without training them in little things. Even kings had to be trained in little things. All of God's messengers, when you look at his prophets, the apostles, the disciples, the Lord took them through an experience that was a school for them. And that is why when we hear about the work that needs to be done in these last days, yes we hear, but we must be self-distrustful and we must wait for the Lord to call us. Elisha didn't just go around saying he wants to be a prophet. He was doing the work that lay near to him and he was doing it faithfully. And that work was not connected by any means to the work of the ministry. And yet, the Lord selected him in that farm work. That is a lesson for us. When we hear about the gospel message today, it does not mean that the works that other people do are irrelevant. 
we must allow ourselves to be trained. So I was talking about Moses. I want to read something concerning him and lessons that we can learn from the training that he received. Reading from Ministry of Healing, page 474, starting from paragraph 4 and downward, we read, The education that Moses had received in Egypt was a help to him in many respects. But the most valuable preparation for his life work was that which he received while employed as a shepherd. Moses was naturally of an impetuous spirit. In Egypt, a successful military leader and a favorite with the king and the nation, he had been accustomed to receiving praise and flattery. He had attracted the people to himself. He hoped to accomplish by his own powers the work of delivering Israel. Far different were the lessons he had to learn as God's representative. As he led his flocks through the wilds of the mountains and into the green pastures of the valleys, he learned faith and meekness, patience, humility, and self-forgetfulness. He learned to care for the weak, to nurse the sick, to seek after the strain, to bear with the unruly, to tend the lambs, and to nurture the old and the feeble. After this experience, Moses heard the call from heaven to exchange his shepherd's crook for the rod of authority to leave his flock of sheep and take the leadership of Israel. The divine command found himself distrustful, slow of speech and timid. He was overwhelmed with a sense of his incapacity to be a mouthpiece for God, but he accepted the work, putting his whole trust in the Lord. The greatness of his mission called into exercise the best powers of his mind. God blessed his ready obedience and he became eloquent, hopeful, self-possessed, fitted for the greatest work ever given to man. Of him it is written, There had not arisen a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom Jehovah knew face to face. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 10. Now, what lesson do we get from here? You may not be a shepherd, but you may be doing a little work. You may be a cleaner in any office. You may just be a housewife. You may just be a youth who is doing the errands of his father. You may be a teacher in a school. You may be a housemaster in a boarding house. You may be uh, just an intern anywhere. It could be that you are just a farmer. Any of these works are little duties. And if we, like Moses, do that work faithfully. There are lots of lessons that the Lord would have us learn from these occupations. Now, what follows after that? We learn lessons that we can put into greater responsibilities. Continuing the reading in Ministry of Healing, we are now told, Let those who feel that their work is not appreciated and who crave a position of greater responsibility consider that promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7. Every man has his place in the eternal plan of heaven. Whether we feel that place depends upon our faithfulness in cooperating with God. Those who are humble and who do their work as unto God may not make so great a show as do those who are full of bustle and self-importance, but their work counts for more. Often, those who make a great parade call attention to self interposing between the people and God, and their work proves a failure. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee, she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Proverbs 4 verse 7 and 8. 
if any so because some of some are thinking oh I, I can do more than this i'm not supposed to be this work teaching this is little work that is lying nearest to me this work is the wages are too small this is not where i'm supposed to be okay perhaps you're thinking you ought to be doing something greater even in the ministry and you go for evangelism and you're feeling i ought to be the one preaching i ought to be the one doing this or that i i need a greater responsibility than just taking down names of people that are coming to the evangelism ground i need a greater responsibility than this small duty that is given to me hear the word of the lord to you now it says here still in ministry of healing page 477 reading from paragraph 3 says if any are qualified for a higher position the lord will lay the burden not alone on them but on those who have tested them who know their worth and who can understandingly urge them forward it is those who perform faithfully their appointed work day by day who in god's own time will hear his call come up higher while the shepherds were watching their flocks on the hills of bethlehem angels from heaven visited them so today while the humble worker for God is following his employment, angels of God stand by his side, listening to his words, noting the manner in which his work is done, to see if larger responsibilities may be entrusted to his hands. Not by their wealth, their education, or their position does God estimate men. He estimates them by their purity of motive and their beauty of character. He looks to see how much of his spirit they possess and how much of his likeness their life reveals. To be great in God's kingdom is to be as a little child in humility, in simplicity of faith and in purity of love." End of quote. My brothers and my sisters, I pray that these words may enter into our hearts and help us to perform our little duties faithfully. Remember, angels are taking record of how you are doing your work how that little duty is being done. They are taking record of how you sweep the house, of how you dress your bed, of what time you wake up, of how you are even performing the task, whether you are leaving it to attend to other things. The Lord wouldn't want to give anybody a responsibility when they see that they cannot be trusted. They are not reliable. Do you know that there are some people, even when the Lord gives them a duty in a secular work, they leave that secular work claiming they are going to do a work for the Lord. Who gave you that secular work? Was it God or was it you who just picked it up? If the Lord gives you a duty, put your all into it. You don't abandon ship for another work that you think is a greater responsibility when you have not been called to that. If you have been employed and, the, and people are trusting on, on you, relying on you for a particular work and you said you are going to do it, it is not any commendable thing for you to use God as an excuse for why you did not finish the duty that somebody gave to you, claiming that you went to preach the word of God, claiming that you went to do a duty for the Lord, and that's your excuse for not fulfilling the duty that you said you were going to fulfill so for someone, the Lord is not going to rely on you and he cannot trust you because you would also leave his work to go and do something that you may consider is important. You see, that's how the Lord does his things. Angels are taking notes to see how we are doing our work, noting the manner in which the work is done, listening to our words, and to see whether greater responsibilities can be entrusted to us. Faithfully do the work that you are told to do. The Christian must do his work thoroughly and well. I pray that we shall be inspired with these words to come up higher 
in the way we perform our duties, regardless of the wages that is paid to us, and regardless of how we value that work in our mind and say, oh, this is just a little work. Regardless of these things, let us learn to do our work faithfully, thoroughly, and well. Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the lessons that you have taught us today. Perhaps in the past we have not been faithfully performing our responsibilities because we are considering considering them little. Forgive us for these things, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to do the work that lies nearest, to take up the opportunities that are before us and not to be idle. I pray, Father, that while we do our work, you will train us to be to have those qualities that you need so that we can be there to perform the greater responsibilities that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.